Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trigiani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Marjorie Bunnett. I'm Elizabeth Reese. This is Best of the Nest, the podcast that's all about creating happy, healthy, beautiful homes that prepare us to fly. <gasps> this is a very exciting episode, Marjorie Punnett. I can't believe it's happening. <laughs> it's wonderful. Okay, guys, if you've been listening to the podcast from the beginning, you know that I share my nest with my two children, Franklin and Bernadette. They are two years old and four years old. We have a dog named Gracie Lou, a German short hair pointer who's a wild, wild beast. And then we have three chickens in the backyard who lay eggs for us every day. And then there's the most important person in the house, and that's oh. the man of the house, Jay Reimers, my husband. And he is on the podcast today. Oh, my God. Jay, how you doing, honey? I'm doing great. <laughs> it's going to be fun. A little tentative. My first podcast. This is very oh. exciting. This is your first podcast. Jay has never listened to an episode of Best to the Nest. Let's make this very clear. So the stories that I've told about him on this podcast, he doesn't know about. So don't ever tell him. <laughs> If you run into Jay Rymers, don't speak of the podcast. But the idea of Best to the Nest has been something that Jay and I have talked about for a long time. And then I think, Marjorie, since we started this podcast, it's become a bigger focus in our home and something that we talk about with people that we know, people that, you know, we talk about this with our friends. And so I thought it would be really interesting to have Jay on the podcast to get his perspective on the idea of Best to the Nest. So, Jay, your reaction to the podcast. I mean, I know you thought it was a brilliant idea from the Right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's just a good thing to practice all the time. I get a really good response. I mean, even though I haven't listened, I still kind of promote you guys. <laughs> Thank and, you. And uh, I tell tell all my friends about it and just kind of the concepts and people really, a lot of people kind of have the reaction of, wow, I might need to listen to that like right now <laughs> or on my way home or something like that. So this is a good response. I think everybody needs help in that. Yeah, I do think that where you guys, you two in particular, are in life, when you have small children and you're both working, I would say looking back, it is one of the most stressful times of keeping a family together You want to throw happily. in a massive kitchen remodel too and yeah, see how exactly. that goes? Right. Yeah. yeah, and and I think we sometimes grow to rely on our partners to dump, and I think that's yeah. one of the things that Elizabeth and I talk about here on Best of the Nest is how really are we bringing, are we leaving sort of the worst of what we go through and bringing the best to our kids and our, our, our wives and our husbands and all of those things. Have you, when you talk about Best of the Nest or the idea came up, what kind of husband were you? Were you the kind of person that brings stuff home? Is this sort of made you think more about how you are at home? Yeah, definitely makes me think of what I'm doing at home. You know, I mean, I think me and Elizabeth have always had good communication, but that kind of ebbs and flows. Sometimes we're really on and sometimes we're really off. Yeah. And when we're off, you can kind of see of kind of a cycle pattern of 
what's going on. Is it work? Is it something else? Is it stress? Is it the kids? Something that making life go round and that's when you can just have a self-assessment and say, what, who am I when I get home? What, what, what am I bringing home with me? And sometimes it's just good to have that hard pause before you walk in the door and just say, <laughs> you're back. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding. So, oh, I love that. It's so. been harder for us, though. You know, what's interesting when you look back at our relationship, Jay, and I know that you will corroborate this story, but we used to have conversations, Marjorie. I think I've talked about this before, but on the way home. So Jay and I would always talk on the phone on the way home from mm-hmm. work. I mean, and this was even when we were dating, when Aww. we were engaged, when we were newly married. And what was great about that is that we would just kind of let it out there. It was right. a really nice, I mean, because our commutes weren't super long. So, Jay, I mean, what, it would be like 10 minutes of just kind of going, yep. okay, this is the steam I've got to blow off. And we were both kind of in the same, this is what happened, or this is what happened, or this is where I'm at. And I felt like we were really great about being able to, like, then leave those things outside of our home. Right. So then we'd sure. get home and walk in the door. And I mean, when we were dating and newly married, it was pop a bottle of wine, make yourself a charcuterie plate, and let's have a great <laughs> Tuesday. I mean, wasn't that Aww. life, honey? That was it. Yeah. Yeah. I, cheese plates and sausage. They really did a number on my old physique. But um, it was actually, it was, uh, it was very relaxing. I thought. I thought before we had kids, we had a terrific after work life. we totally did and then you know the hard thing now is that that time doesn't exist because jay is picking up the kids it's he's not going to have a conversation with me on the phone while he has the kids in the car the timing isn't working out and so we're constantly trying to navigate figuring out how to not bring stuff in the house and then you have the added layer of the fact that our house has been in shambles since may and there have i think we've both had sort of i don't think we've well there's probably one night when we really both broke down at the same night, Jay, that was probably the big window fight. But other than that, yeah. the, big, <laughs> the big window, the great window fight of 2019. Just, and the windows yeah. are looking very nice, I have to say. Yeah. They're looking very good, but yes. But, I've had many, many decorating fights with my husband. Yeah, but other than that, I mean, that that just adds in. It's just all kind of stacking on top of each other. And one thing I think that we work on a lot and as far as our communication, we know each other very well. We have a like a lot of we have a really good instinct about what the other person is going through right. that being said I think we tend to sort of assume that we know what's going on with the other person and I mean you know what assuming does it makes an ass of you and me right? <laughs> yeah. yep. and so I've really even just the, this week we've had a really really great week and even like last night it was just kind of mayhem Jay was home with Bernie all day because she had a fever and Jay w- and I was like just go why don't you go for a little bit and just get out and, he, and Jay left and took some time to get some work done and whatever and instead of assuming that he was just at his end I just kind of went okay whatever and then he'll come back and then it'll be great and that's exactly what happened and I think sometimes I tend to assume that he's more worked up and mad than he really is is. and I like inflate the situation would you agree with that Jay yeah yeah. <laughs> Just a simple yes. I agree with that. How long were you guys married before you had kids? Oh, not that long. I mean, we were married no. in 2013, September of 2013, and we had Bernie 14 months later. Oh, not that long later. Yeah, she, it was January of 2015 that we had her. So it, it, it wasn't little, that long. Yeah, it's a little shock to the system. I mean, Ian and I were married six years before we had kids. And so that was nice because we had sort of we had a good life together before we had kids. We knew each other pretty well. But I think that idea of how do you find the time 
And this is so key, especially where you guys are, and key and almost impossible, but how do you find the time to make sure that the two of you are reconnecting? And Elizabeth, from what you've said on the podcast, you guys are pretty good about going out without the kids. Yeah, we're going to do it once a week. Don't you think, Jay? We we have fri- uh, like Friday night plans. We have fr- plans this Friday. It's close. It's close to once a week, yeah. It's yeah. close to once. That's but good. I think the hard thing with us is that we are both social people and we have good relationships with people, and so the struggle isn't necessarily necessarily going out without the kids it's going out just the two of us oh interesting because we end up getting babysitters and making plans when it's our friends have asked us to do this or right. let's go meet up with this other couple and i think that when we 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 for a while we were getting a lot better jay at saying like okay we'll go meet these people but let's do an hour to just go get a drink by ourselves before we go mm-hmm. meet up with them for dinner and that i felt like worked out really well yeah. jay what what would you say in any question that I ask you, Jay, you can say no comment. So <laughs> that is perfectly appropriate. But what what was the hardest? How old were you when you had Bernie? I was just thinking about this the other day. I've been 30. I would have been 36. 36. What was the hardest adjustment for you She's having four, kids? So you were 34. 34? She's, yeah. Well, how old am I now? I'm 38. You're 38, honey. Yeah, yeah you are. You're 38 okay, and looking great. <laughs> what was the hardest adjustment for you in having kids? Well, I think the hardest part is Elizabeth breastfed for two years with with Bernie. Yeah. So it was I don't know. There was a pretty. I had two years to kind of make a transition. Right. Because <laughs> I didn't. Right. You know, when she all she wanted is mom, and Frankie was the kind of the same way. So kind of felt helpless for that period of time. But then after that, got to really bond, and we connected, and it's been great ever since. But the hardest adjustment is just trying to figure out when from a work standpoint of when your kids take priority and guess what it should be always no 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 no. but what you said that's so that's such an honest answer because that's what we're all balancing so of course yes it should be always but you're absolutely right so how do you balance that yep and I'm fortunate enough to have a, a real flexible job and I kind of work my own hours and I can work 24 hours a day pretty much. But, but yeah, it was just, it's tough to, and I, I have a guilty conscience about a lot of things. And so hmm. when I start, when I started having, when I started having kids, it was just like, when, what do I put first? Do I, you know, do I, and you know, before we had kids, me and Elizabeth always were like, it's me and you, it's me and you versus them. Never, you right. know, we don't want to put right. our, our kids before our relationship. And then you just kind of slowly start focusing on, okay, uh, where's the balance? Who comes first here? And yeah, it took me a while to kind of realize that. I would say that's probably the toughest part. That's really interesting. And I think when, when our kids were little, Ian was better at the it's it's you and me than I was. Yeah. And I think sometimes mothers, new mothers, get lost in the perceived, not perceived, but the real responsibility of having children. And I felt that such to the extreme that sometimes I think I neglected the the marriage part. And he was always a really good reminder that it has to be us first. Yeah. Absolutely has to be the team first, you know, mom and dad first, that bond first, and then the kids. And it's good. And maybe that comes from being older parents, that you guys were a little bit older than I was, that you realize the importance of that right off the bat. Because I think that's key. It's a daily practice, though. And it's a lot of reminders. And you're totally right. I mean, that's, that's the hardest thing for me is making sure. I mean, when you have demanding job 
and then you yeah. have a relationship, and then you have children. I mean, keeping all of those things going at right. one time is virtually impossible. It's so hard. And so I think we just have to always, we're always thinking, all right, this isn't forever. This is sort of the cycle. And we always right. end up coming back to each other. We always end up stronger than we were with whatever we were going through. That dynamic of adding in children. And it, I was really, I felt really fortunate that I was able to nurse babies for so long. Yeah, and you, I got to say, the two years thing. Almost two years. Well, it's, I, it's, I, yeah. I bow down to you because I have no idea how you did it, except as we always say, you got a lot of hippie in yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, I do. There was, well, it was 18 months with Bernie. It was uh, 22 months with Franklin. Oh, and so it's long. And I mean, that's and extraordinary, Elizabeth. The downside of that, though, is, I mean, I think as much as I think that's so good for babies and it's great for their bond and it's wonderful for their health and all of those things, yep. I do think it takes a toll on the relationship between the partner and the baby because it's just our children were just obsessed with me. I mean, they just like, I mean, Jay, that's true, right? I mean, they're just obsessed. Yeah. Well, so I would see that. I mean, it's a hard feeling to be. I can't even imagine for Jay, and I have a lot of empathy for this. If I walk in the door, and even if they're having a great time with him and happy with him and cuddling with him, if I yeah. walk in, it's like, peace out, dad who? What? Okay, right. mama's home. Right. That's a hard position. Well, Jay, I'm here to tell you that that, that changes over time. And yes, I do think that I do think breastfeeding that long, it's such a visceral and deep and natural connection that will be so good for your children, obviously, in the long run. But I too can't really imagine that it's an exclusion's too big of a word to say that sort of by breastfeeding that long you excluded Jay. Well, you kind of do. He but you kind of really, do. Because yes. it's, it's just such an, and I mean this in a, in a very beautiful way, it's such an intimate bond between a child and a mother that I don't think men can quite ever grasp because it's so freaking weird. Yeah, I is. mean, if you think about it, it's just so weird. Because so it makes us so primal and so we're animals. And it just makes it very primal in that way. But that's the beauty of it. But at the same time, Jay, when the kids that bond that you have with them will grow in such a deep and special way as they become as the primal needs change and the intellectual needs start and the emotional needs start that's what's really beautiful i mean you can see that i see that with my husband and my sons and that's right and you probably have that with we all hopefully have that with our parents but but it changes but i can't imagine either what that felt like for those two years Jay, let's talk about daily basis, bringing your best to the nest. So we, you know, we talk a lot on the podcast about like, what are the little things that we're doing in life to make our nest the best place to be? So when you think about that morning, noon, night, I mean, what are the things that, <laughs> that may, that mean the nest is at its best? Good question. I mean, I think just knowing what we have going on, having a lot of communication, yeah. knowing who's doing what and when. And sometimes I have a hard time listening, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> but you're self-aware. I like that. But it's, self-aware. it's in there. It's in there somewhere. <laughs> I, I have it lodged in there somewhere, but sometimes I need a reminder. Shocking. But, yeah, I just think when we're in sync and we know our, each other's calendars and there's no surprises and when the week just flows perfectly right into the weekend and we have nothing planned, it's just I think that's kind of when we're – at our peak performance. Yeah. Yeah. I totally spoken. Agree. I love spoken like a true athlete. Yeah, I know. Peak performance. That's how he rolls. <laughs> but it's also, I mean, how many, how many weeks a, a year does that happen realistically? You know, it, there's always something going on. It, you know, we have 
something going on all Sunday, so we don't really do a calendar rundown for some reason. And then before you know it, it's Wednesday, and we're trying to play catch up, and it just kind of feels off, right? So I think it's important to just take the time, sometime over the weekend, to just really kind of figure things out and try to try to help each other and try to just have have all the answers laid out and have everybody on the same page. Well, I think you're right, and that that when you say help each other, I. I totally think that's the key. When we have a great week, it's those things. I mean, it's those tangible things where it's we've spent time on Sunday talking about the calendar. Okay, what does your week look like? What do we have going on? Is anything different? When we meal plan, which we did every week before the kitchen remodel, right, I right. would have a little board in our kitchen with what we're having for dinner. That was a huge, everybody just knew it was great. We moved forward. But the other thing is, is when I think when Jay and I have this, little perspective shift of going into the week looking at how can I help the other person it's just a completely different thing I mean don't you agree honey that we're like if if you're looking at the week and going let me look at our week and then immediately start to think of like how can I support her and if I look at it how can I support him it's just our shot of success of having a great week just went up exponentially well that's everything I mean you talk about what was the book Elizabeth that came out years ago about love language Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? Like, there's there are things that if you look at your spouse, you figure out the things that make them feel loved. Yeah, it's acts of and, service, affection, yeah, all those and different things. all those different things. And if you're really thinking about what makes them feel good and how sort of how you would want to be treated if they're looking at the things that make you feel good, uh, we can say, of course, that's going to make for a better week. But it's amazing how many times in a marriage, in the chaos of life, you lose that perspective. So you're right. If you're if you're if you're really focused on that, how could it not be a good week? But I, lo- I love what you said about calendar rundown. That's like a that blows my mind just a little bit that you guys are that aware and I'm I'm sure you don't always do it but if that's a priority yeah what a difference that would make and I think we've all seen friends and family that sort of live this period of life in a state of constant chaos yeah. that's a yeah. nightmare no it that's doesn't an work. absolute nightmare it doesn't work I think you know another interesting thing that I've learned being married to Jay and this is funny because so Jay grew up with one brother I grew mm-hmm. up with two sisters okay mm-hmm. so oh I mean, this is a match made in it's heaven it's a fascinating dynamic because <laughs> yeah. he you know, really I mean it's like let's talk about how little we understand the dynamic of how you grew up so but yeah. when when if we are in a stressed place or an mm-hmm. argument place or wherever we are I mean my immediate reaction Action is to cry. Jay's immediate reaction is to what? Jay, get uh, mad. Probably, yeah, yeah, get, get uh, mad. Get him mad. Yeah, no kidding. So, and I mean, I think that's a real stereotypical man versus woman thing. Mm-hmm. It's just when I feel overwhelmed or hungry or tired or upset or sad, I cry. If I feel happy, I cry. I mean, it's like. <laughs> What was the song I used to play that used to make you cry on the air? Oh, yes. It was like a given, Jay. We could play this one song and Elizabeth would start crying. What song was that? That's true. It immediately started to cry. And I was so mean. It used to make me laugh so Yeah, hard. you were mean. <laughs> is it something Brian Adams, maybe? Could be. Could oh, be. Jay, Jay, we're going to have to figure that out next weekend. And find out. Or, find out. Yeah, I, I think I know the answer to that if I think about it for okay, a while. Keep it. Yeah. Oh, that's good. But And then with Jay, it's much more common for men to just the way you say hangry like if jay's hungry he gets oh, mad yeah. jay's tired he's mad he's not like sitting there crying about it he's mad <laughs> about it and yeah. i will cry about it and that i think it's a, it, we've really had to work on figuring out how to work that in because jay doesn't really know how to handle it if i'm crying and i don't really know how to handle it if he's mad right. i mean that's something i think we're still 
that we're really working on. What's interesting is you're actually in the same place. Yes, totally. Just responding to it differently. And and I think, actually, you've touched on something. And, Jay, I want to ask you a quick question. But you've touched on something that I think newlyweds perhaps don't pay enough attention to, is what was the communication style in the house that you grew up? Yeah. And it took Ian and I a couple of years to figure out how mostly I could do it better because I grew up with three sisters and our fighting style was sort of yell it out, be sort of mean and smart assy, just claws out if we were going to fight. And then you take your claws back and everything's fine. That's just how we fought. And for Ian, I used to hurt his feelings so much because he didn't fight that way. See, you are... Jay and I yeah. do. Yeah. Or and I mean, yeah. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I grew up in a locker room. So, I mean, oh, yeah. the stuff that was said, and sometimes it just comes, I just say stuff and it hurts Elizabeth so much. Yes. That I, I'm not, you know, I'm just like, oh, I, well, I mean, I meant it, but I don't really truly mean, mean it. You know, it. I, I said it, but I don't really truly mean it. But Jay, I still yeah, get you. Yeah, I, I still get that. So how do you? How have you changed? Work in progress. <laughs> <laughs> it's a work in progress for sure. I don't know that I've. I mean, I've I've changed enough, but I, I, I don't know how much that is. Elizabeth could probably give you a better gauge on that. Well, the one thing I like, I love about you. I mean, this is my one of my favorite things about you is that you are quick to apologize and it's apologies without strings attached. I mean, Jay is the best apologizer. I like cry when I think about it. (laughs) That's huge though. Because I do it so much. (laughs) (laughs) But it's a real, it's a real gift, you know, and I, I mean, I grew up in a household where, I mean, my parents are wonderful parents, and they're, but they're more old school. My, I never can remember my dad. I can think I can remember my dad apologizing to me one time. Right. Or And I don't remember him apologizing to my mom. I think that they, and maybe they do in their relationship. But, right. But Jay is so quick to say, I'm sorry, and it's not an I'm sorry, but you did this, or I'm sorry if you felt that way, which, newsflash, those aren't real apologies, and I mean, I think Jay has been the number one person who's taught me about what real apologies are, and he is much better at real apologies than I am. I I can go into defense mode and go, you know this, Jay, you're a much better apologizer than me. I am jerky apologizer. You're a (laughs) pure, good-hearted apologizer. And that's everything. Yeah. I mean, that, that really is. I mean, it, it's, not, it's not a sort of a pass. Like, you don't get to behave badly just because you can apologize. No. But we all behave badly. At some point in a marriage, everybody behaves badly. And so to be able to come to that with a sincere and honest apology, there are many people who can't do that. So yeah. that's wonderful. It's one of my favorite qualities. Jay, I want to talk to you about, about what, what's been happening on the golf course. So Jay spends so much time on the golf course. I mean, he just loves it out on the golf course. He is there. <laughs> so, I, I do need my, my Jay time. You do need your Jay, your Jay time. <laughs> but I, what's been fun, Marjorie, and I've been telling you this as we've been, before we're recording a podcast, I'll tell you, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, Jay came home from the golf course, and he was talking to his friends about best to the nest. So I want to know, Jay, I mean, who have you been talking to and what what is the man's reaction to this? Because up until this point, this conversation has been exclusively with women on Best of the Nest. You are the first man oh, to ever are. make an appearance on this podcast. 
<laughs> so when you when you're talking to other men about this idea, I mean, where do you think as a whole, kind of your friend group? I mean, where do you guys feel like you're falling short when it comes to bringing your best to the nest, and and what are you working on? <laughs> wow, <laughs> I think I think, I think it's great because it has been brought up a number of times on Wednesday night men's league, which. <laughs> everyone probably feels guilty that they're not at home, home. being their best, right? So yeah. sometimes those turn, we play till well, we get around in and then we'll, we'll uh, go back out and play till dark. So in kind of a big group. And so I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of guilty guys saying, you know, I could be home at this point, but I'm still playing or hanging out and having dinner or whatnot. But so I think it's it's a sweet spot for having this conversation with them because they all know that they better bring their best to the nest tomorrow morning <laughs> and the following day, right? Once you get a, a weekday off or a weeknight off from your everyday life responsibilities and you're playing golf. So it's just been an overwhelming thing. I think everyone that kind of gets the concept and, and starts figuring it out is like, you can see the hamster start to spin, and, uh, and everyone's like, this is a really good thing. I, maybe I need to listen to this, and uh, what what kind of things do they talk about? Like, how can I get better, and how, how can I think about it? So I hope that they're tuning in, and if not, I'll get on them. <laughs> I, you know, you talk about guilt, though, and there's so much focus on mom guilt in our society. There's mm-hmm. con- I mean, constantly reading articles and conversations about mom guilt. And dad guilt is something that people don't talk about that much. And I don't think at all, I sort actually. of assume that you do what you want to do and never feel guilty. I That's fascinating that you guys are all feeling guilty. What's going on there? Well, it's just it's just like everything. I mean, you're, you, you have priorities, and when you're doing something that's low on the priority list, there's there's got to be some guilt in there, um, whatever you're doing. Even when I'm on vacation, sometimes, you know, after this, about the second, third day, I start wondering, like, should I be on this vacation? What else should I be doing? Should I be working? You know, it's just, uh, that's just how my conscious works, right? And I, you know, we have, you know, we have such a busy, busy schedule. And one thing you're awesome at, Elizabeth, you you have stuff concrete on your calendar. Your calendar does not change. Yeah. You don't have friends that call you on like a Monday night saying, "Hey, can you meet me Tuesday?" No, I'm not or friends can with you those people. Meet me Wednesday. You have this planned out like weeks in advance. And one thing that you do so well is that you rebound to me calling you and giving you like a 45 minute notice. I'm going to meet this guy on my way home. Or uh, tomorrow, tomorrow's changed. I'm not going to be home for dinner or something like that. And you can take that so well and you never really have an issue with it and it's it's one thing that lets me be confident and it lets me kind of just feel that okay if something comes up and somebody asks me I don't feel overwhelmed that I have to run it by you or I have to change a bunch of things in in our schedule that I can just go get this meeting done or take a call or do something to better my work stuff so you just do an amazing job at that. Thank you. Honey. Well, and Jay's job a, is very a big deal. Yeah, Jay's job is relationship and networking based, and so that doesn't always happen between eight and five, and that's the trade-off. You know, you have a yeah. flexible schedule during the day, so when we have a sick kid, Jay can be home like he was yesterday. But right. at the same time, it, that trade-off is that there are other things that infringe on our family time. You know, I mean, that's a big reason why we really prioritized where we live. We live in the city. Huge. We live, you know, eight minutes away from our offices, and 
and you don't that, have time for big commutes. It had you to don't. happen. It yeah. absolutely had to happen, and we struggled with that because we really looked at the life that we wanted to live. And both of us, in our ideal world, want like ten acres, mm-hmm. you know, out in the country. Jay wants to be able to hunt on his own land. Oh. I want to be able to have chickens and goats. You know, we want these things, but when we realistically looked at how our life is and what our jobs are and how we want right. things to look, it was we can't we can't do that. We can't add that in. And so we need to prioritize staying in the city and figuring out how we can make that happen. And someday. Someday. Yeah, someday. And then and that's the other thing I think one thing about us is that we're always really on the same page of how we want our life to look. That's and, a really big deal. And I think that is a big deal. And I don't know if everybody thinks about that when they're thinking about choosing a partner. That when you have this when you want your life to look the same way, it really helps remove a lot of fights because there are plenty of fights to be had, man. I mean, there are yeah, fights there's a people, lot. Right? I mean, Jay, do you think that? Like, we look at our, even just, you know, we've may have had decorating differences, but mm-hmm. generally when it comes to, like, the basic feel of how we want things to be, we're pretty much on the same page. Yep. Well, I think I think what's interesting is if, and I'm not a therapist, obviously, but I've been to therapy. So just in listening to Jay talk about what he appreciates about you, Elizabeth, and then you were talking about what you appreciate in Jay. What's interesting, and I think this is so important, is clearly you're a team. And it is when you talk to some couples, and I don't know, and I certainly wouldn't want to out any of my friends, and I don't want you to out any of yours, but sometimes you can talk to couples and you think, oh, (laughs) this is messy. Because they're not on the same page. They don't have the same vision. Yeah, and we, here I am saying that, and I live in a different city from my <laughs> husband. So, you know, I, I'm not judging because people could judge me. But, I mean, it is – I think when you have kids, it, it's really important that there is some sort of one vision of what that family is going to look like because life's too complicated. If you're sort of working at cross purposes, that's, I think, when most of the fights happen. Isn't that funny that she said team, Jay? That's like our obsession. Yeah. Remember that song? We used to listen to that song all the time. Lord, team. Yes. Remember? What song? Yeah. You got, you got to look that up. We're on each other's team as part of the lyrics. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, Lord. That's, that's one- right. We haven't listened to that in a long time. Tonight. <laughs> yeah, tonight. We'll just we'll just blast that. Jay, one, I also want to ask you, too, before we go, talking about men in general. Maybe oh, this you, is going to be good. I think this is good. So, <laughs> men in general, Men Jay. in general. Tell us you, what they are. Your friends. I mean, how do you think, because I think all the time about how I can change the dynamic of our nest, right? I mean, I want our home. You know me and more. I'm obsessed with mornings. I need mornings to be smooth. Ideally, I'm not woken up by someone screaming. Like today was the best morning ever because I was up for an hour before anybody else got up. Mm. But, Jay, when you look at men and yourself, what do you think that men can do to change the dynamic of the nest and make it a happier, healthier place that feels like a sanctuary? Step one is just think about it. I mean, oh. I, I don't think a, a lot of I, – I guarantee you a lot of men do not even think about it. It's just – it is what it is. And their mm-hmm. house is just – their household is ran a certain way, and it is what it is. And I think a lot of people live their life like that. And it, it's just kind of a it, – it's not really self-assessing, right? I think you just got to take a good look in the mirror and think about what, you, who you, who, what person you are at, at, at home. 
Mm. And I think it could change pretty quick. I mean, it's not, it just depends on what what you see, I guess, in yourself. But yeah, I just I don't think a lot of people are really even thinking about it. Yeah, and that must be why it's so revolutionary when you've been talking about it on the golf course. Because it's right. not like when I talk to my friends about it, they go, "Oh, that's a great idea. That's like I love that. I want to listen to that." But when you tell your friends about it, they're like, "Whoa, I need to hear that." I I need to be thinking about that. And you're sort of opening the eyes of men who are just thinking they don't have any control over what things feel like at home because they're the dad and or they're the guy. But in reality, I mean, I think men are so important in terms of the dynamic of the house. And it's true. I mean, if the dynamic between Jay and I is off. Oh, the whole ha- I mean, everything's is. off. The whole house is off. It's terrible. Yeah. Of course of course, it is, though. And I think we can look at that as such an obvious point, but how many of us run our lives being off? It will, it infects the household. It just does. That sort of toxicity or that sort of negativity or that sort of coldness can't help but infiltrate everything you do. Yeah, and I think it's really important to, you talk about men, the biggest thing they can do is actually think about it. And I think for women, too, It's amazing to me how so many times women want to rule the house. That brings them some sort of sense of control. Yeah, because we feel out of control a lot. A lot. And so I think sometimes women, we have to be self-aware and self-assess and say, am I shutting my husband out? Am I shutting him out of the child rearing? Am I shutting him out of decorating choices? Am I shutting him out? And, you know, I have to be self-aware about that all the time, too. We all do. But I think men, because they want their wives to be happy, will just allow that to happen because it's easier. But I think women have to really think about, don't I want a husband that's buying in 100%? Yeah. And if you shut him out, he, he a lot of husbands will take it and just run with that. But it makes for, it doesn't make for teamwork and it makes it a lot more lonely. No, it's a lot about, I think, that daily intention of connection. Yeah. I mean, just, yeah. and that's where, I mean, when Jay talks about like our calendar, even as business-like as that sounds, no. that's a form of connection. I mean, that's yep. how we're connecting with each other and connecting with our family because we are connecting and going, what are we doing? I mean, connection is so important. We need it every day, and we need physical connection all the time. I mean, it's all those things that are so important. In- it's how you stay married. Yeah, that's really true. Well, Jay, yeah. I love being married to you. Did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> I do know that. I do know that. And I, and I feel the same way. You know that. I know that. Oh, I you know. guys are so cute. I, I have to say to everybody that's listening to the podcast, so we have a little outline, so we sort of know what we're going to talk about. And Jay, in this outline today, Elizabeth wrote, intro Jay Reimer's exclamation point. <laughs> and I think that says everything. That he is an exclamation point. Mm-hmm. He absolutely is. And the best thing, I mean, you know, as hard as it has been as we've evolved into this family and adding these children that we adore and all of those dynamics, I mean, seeing him with our kids, I remember, and I've, t- I've told this before, but I remember when Jay and I first met and I got to meet his family. And at the time, he had two nieces, Audrey mm. and Sophia, who were three and 18 months. And I remember going into, I think we were at your brother's house, going into their house and seeing the girls run to Jay, Aww. and then he picked them up, and then he would just, as he was 
talking and saying hi to everybody else, just occasionally, like, kiss them on the side of the face or on their head. And I just thought, that is, like, that's what I want. I mean, I just loved that because there's no shortage of affection for our children. And there are lessons that I see him teaching our children that I am not capable of teaching them. And it's really... It's really great. So, Jay, you should be on Best of the Nest all the time. It is like free therapy. We don't even have to pay 100 bucks. Normally when we go, it's like, can you run the credit card at the end? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I do have one more thing, too, that helps on communication, and Marjorie brought it up with the exclamation point, is when you are communicating with your partner, the, the real need to add punctuation and exclamation points so that they know that they're engaged in the conversation. Yeah. Jay, I love you. Thanks for being a guest on our podcast. Yes. And Marjorie, you'll get to see how best our nest is in a week or two. (laughs) I'm I'm very excited. So thank you for letting me stay with you guys. It'll it'll be fun. All right. Have a great day, honey. I'll see you later. Have fun at Men's League. Tell all the men about this conversation. I know. I know. They're probably going to all let's tune in. (laughs) All right. Bye, honey. Okay. Bye, Jay. That's Jay Reimers, everybody. Now you heard him. If you've been listening and you've been wondering, who is that person? It is really great that I've had so much support from him on this project because he is really, he's open and he's not afraid for me. You know, I joke, don't tell him the stories that I tell, but he's, this is what it is. He's happy to be an open book about his flaws and his positive characteristics and we all have those but jay was talking about marjorie you coming to stay with us you're going to get to experience our nest and we have to remind everyone that august 31st which is a saturday best to the nest is going live we're recording a live podcast at the five eyewitness news building so the big kstp building on the Minnesota State Fairgrounds. We'll be on the stage at 10.30 a.m. And Marjorie's coming to town. She's going to bunk up with us for a couple of nights. No, my kitchen will not be done, apparently. (laughs) It's fine. It's fine. (laughs) You'll be there. Jay will be there. And the kids will be there. And that's really what I care about. We're going to I can't wait to see everybody. So fun. If you are enjoying this podcast, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and share it with a friend. If you have a moment, please give us a review at Apple Podcasts. And reach out to us. You can find both of us on Instagram at Best to the Nest or at Eliz Reese and at It's Me Marjorie One. We are also on Facebook and Twitter. See you, ladies. Goodbye, darling. Yeah.